You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Claire's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everyone? Welcome to podcast number 202. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. Never had them on before. It's Justine Kay and Natasha Scott. You've probably heard their podcast, Two Black Girls, One Rose. Never spoken to them before. Like I said, Ashley Spivey has been on their podcast. She's been telling me since this summer when we've been doing the lives, you got to get them on. So we got them on today. We'll get to that in a little bit. So I don't want to go over too much of what I posted yesterday on my column on realitysteve.com. Check it out. It's all the spoilers for this season, as many as I can give you. I don't have the ending in terms of who Tasha is with. I do have her final four. Uh, If you listened to my IG Live with Ashley, we did it last night. And it's going to be a different day going forward. We just never know what day it's going to be, so just pay attention on my Twitter account or on my IG story, and we'll update you on what day the IG Live is going to be. It was Sunday nights since COVID started for about six months. Then it was Tuesday night last week. It was Wednesday this week. I don't know when it's going to be next week. But um, check it out. Uh, I We talk a, a little bit uh, from last night uh, about the spoilers that I posted, a few other things in Bachelor Nation, and, you know, answered some questions. But from what I know and everything I know, I put in yesterday's column. I, I did not really hold anything back in terms of the information I've received. I, Like I said, and I've been saying it in my IG Lives all summer, or not all summer, mo- more, most recently, that when I did give you the spoilers that I had, it wasn't going to be a detailed episode-by-episode breakdown. It was, here's who started the show, here are the guys that Claire eliminated, here are the guys that were left over when Tasha took over, here are the guys that didn't even meet Claire and were just brought in for Tasha. and here's who some of the things that happened with Tasha, and here's her final four, so on and so forth. So uh, there will be more that I'll be giving, uh, I, I guess, hopefully in the next week or so, if I can uh, get some stuff finalized. But other than that, Go check out yesterday's column. It's on realitysteve.com. And if you haven't checked it out to, to look at the spoilers for this season, uh, a lot of them. And, uh, again, uh, it is a lot tougher when <laughs> it's filmed in one location. There's there's no doubt about that. And um, so probably going to face the same thing with Matt James' season, which, uh, as I can report now, it's looking like, as I said, about October 10th is when I'm hearing it's going to start. So next Saturday night, filming will begin. If they keep the same schedule like they have for the past four or five seasons, they're going to release Matt James' women next Wednesday or Thursday. And then um, not all of them will make it on, but most of the people that they release will, will make it on Matt's season. And then filming begins next Saturday. And then... Assuming there's no outbreak and there's no COVID problems, they're going to finish filming right before Thanksgiving, and it'll start airing first Monday in January. And we're back to a normal schedule of Bachelor and Bachelorette and uh, kind of take it from there. But I will give you the women of match season that I have already uh, early next week. I only have about seven or eight right now, or maybe eight or nine. I got, I got to go count again, but it's like eight-ish that I have because there's uh, there's one that is on the fence. I'm not sure if they're on or not and uh, and left to go on. Still trying to figure that out. But I'll release those early next week. And you and then once ABC releases the full cast list, which is their picture, their first name, their last initial, their age and city, uh with by the end of the day, I'm sure I'll have everybody just like we did for uh, Claire season when I had 19 of them and I was like, oh, I'm sitting pretty, probably going to need only about 10 or 12 more once they release the rest of the cast and they released 42 guys and I had to find uh, 23 guys uh, and I, and I had all 23 by the end of the, by the end of the day. So 
I expect that to happen again. I don't know how many I'm going to have by next Tuesday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, when I release the women, or even Wednesday morning when I release the women for uh, Matt season. But um, don't expect too much different in terms of the type of women that we're going to get. It's you know a bunch of mid twenty year old women uh, who probably want to be, um, you know, build a brand and stuff like that. And you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's what the show is now. If you're if you're complaining about that then don't watch the show because you're not going to get 25 30 women that are all coming on there to marry matt james it's just it's not what this show is anymore and if you think it is you're watching the wrong show so let's uh let's get going though well with podcast number 202 it's justine k and natasha scott two black girls one rose okay let's bring them in you know them from the two black girls one rose podcast it is Justine K and Natasha Scott. Ladies, how you doing? We're good. How are you doing, Steve? <laughs> I'm doing good. And I've had a request from a lot of people to have you guys on within the last couple months. And that's why I reached out to you. Um, it's taken a little bit to get you on, but we have you here now, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Because first off, I wanted to ask you about the Two Black Girls, One Rose title of your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't want to reference the name on the internet where that may have been derived from, but is that kind of a takeoff <laughs> of where it came from? I don't even want to bring it up for no. someone who has no idea what it, what we're talking about because I don't want them to Google it. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I know what you're referring to. Yeah. No, that is not our inspiration. Okay. I think uh, <laughs> it's eerily similar, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't want to bring up those those horrifying images yeah no (laughs) thank god okay just making sure you didn't get it from that it was just hey you're two black women this show has roses and you came up with that okay there you go go. all right so i uh in looking at you guys and doing a little research on this i i saw that you guys you met at a private high school all girls high school and you guys bonded over laguna beach of all shows another show that I mean, I don't even know if they had black people in the background of that show. Like that, <laughs> that was about as white as you can get. How did yeah. you bond over that show of all things? Justine, you, you go first, Justine. Yeah. Um, I think we were in two different grades and my grade was like pretty segregated. The black girls were only with the black girls and the white girls were only with the white girls. And our private high school was really small Laguna Beach was a way for me to kind of see how the white girls were like partying. Like when <laughs> white girls would come in like hungover and shit, I was like, we're like 17. Like, how'd you even get liquor? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a, a, a way to kind of see how these white girls were partying. Um, so it was just like an interesting look into a world I would never get into. Huh. Natasha. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I just love reality television, and I, you know, grew up on MTV, so Laguna Beach was just, like, my everything, and I don't remember how me and Justine discovered our similar love for it, but I remember after school, we would, like, sit in our student lounges and just, like, watch the episodes together and just, like, talk shit about it, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, long time, like, MTV connoisseur, you know, grew up that generation, and Laguna Beach was just part of the package. When you watch that show, I don't know, like that clearly isn't part of your life and a life that uh, you guys are East Coast girls as well. So mm-hmm. seeing these white girls that are hanging out on the beach, partying and seemingly never going to school, um, were, you, <laughs> were you just like, wow, is that like, how did you even enjoy it or relate to it? I think, yeah, as you put it, like, the East Coast, West Coast thing was what uh, jumped out to me the most. Like, growing up, going to school, going to the beach, like, we, I mean, that's not part of our life at all. So that was kind of fascinating to watch. Even, I remember on Laguna Beach, like, prom, being asked to prom was oh, a yeah. huge thing. Yeah. I mean, we obviously did prom as well at our school, but there was no, like, big ask, like, the way that they do it on the show. There were, like, a lot of elements. Um Mainly, I think, like, the East Coast, West Coast, beach living versus, like, Justine and I are from the Burbs in Jersey. So, very different. But, um, yeah, not not any black people or people of color in general on that show. Um, 
as you said, yeah, not even in the background. And I mean, we watch a lot of shows that don't have a lot of black people in it. And that's just kind of <laughs> the media in general. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I think, you know, I, when you guys have started your podcast and I'm, I, I don't know how many years has it been that you guys have had it now? It'll be three in December. Wow. Yes. Okay. Now you've always recorded from two different locations, correct? No, we oh, used to no. record together actually. Yeah. Oh, oh so, now now it's because of COVID you do. And yeah, Justine and I live between New Jersey and New York. We both mm-hmm. used to both be in New York and record sometimes together. So um COVID, but also just like our life circumstances. And I and I noticed that um I don't know when it started, but you've now basically for Apple Podcast, you guys release eight to 10 minute clips and then get people to go to your Patreon uh, for your full recaps. When did that start? What was the thought process going into that? You can start Natasha with that. Sure. Yeah. So we, you know, we started late 2017. We recapped Ari season, Becca, Colton, Bachelor in Paradise, Winter Games, all that jazz, all, you know, put out for free on iTunes and all the podcast platforms. Um, All those episodes are still available. Um, But you know, the, podcast world of sponsors and ads and all that jazz you know when you're two independent creators you know we are kind of figuring out that world ourselves um and just couldn't really navigate the world of you know being compensated for our creative work and so um we discovered patreon which is a platform where our community and people who love listening to us can um contribute and get access to our episodes and so um, when Hannah B season started, um, we, you know, made a decision for ourselves to, you know, switch our full episodes over to Patreon um, and then spend a little bit more time just kind of like nurturing our two black girls, one rose community, which is really cool that Patreon kind of makes it a nice, small community, intimate. Um, we're able to do um, cool things with people in our in our um, listener base. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the you know, how we switched over. I don't know if I'm missing anything, Justine. Yeah, no, I think that's it. And it also allows us to um, really be um, free and open with what we say um, because we're in just a Mm -hmm. really loving and accepting and appreciative community. Mm -hmm. And I will, uh, I'll link to that for people that do want to sign up that maybe are hearing you uh, that are new listeners to you and don't, and, don't know how to get to it or whatever. I'll link to that uh, as well in the um, in the episode nice. notes and and on the website when this goes up on on Thursday. Um, so Justine, mm-hmm. when did you guys? I know you said you started with Ari season, but were you watching the show long before that? And when did you start watching this whole franchise? Yeah, great question. So um, we have very different relationships with The Bachelor. I had never watched it outside of like trying to know who was on Dancing with the Stars before Rachel's season. And (laughs) Natasha has seen every season. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So we have very different relationships, but we started watching Rachel's season together and we watch it together at each other's houses every week Um, and then started the podcast pretty much straight after that. So Justine, mm-hmm. your, Rachel was yours first season, then first season. That was yep. your first season. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Natasha, being a longtime fan, uh, I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> gosh, you you had to put up with. I, 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 can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what number Rachel was in the grand scheme of everything. So obviously, I know that Claire is is season number forty one, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you had 35 plus seasons of nothing but white leads when you mm-hmm. when you saw it was Rachel, you saw Rachel on Nick's season, clearly, and mm-hmm. probably rumblings like, oh, maybe she has a chance to be the Bachelorette. Number one, did you think Rachel would be the Bachelorette? And two, when she was mm-hmm. announced as the Bachelorette, were you like, wow, this is groundbreaking? Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, every season I'm watching, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Any black girl that goes decently past like the first couple episodes, I'm like, okay, maybe this is it. Um, but Rachel, I did, I did know that she was going to be the bachelorette. Um, she is what, I mean, and we love Rachel, um, but she is what I would call 
like a digestible, palatable black person for a white audience as white as the Bachelor Nation fans. Yeah. You know, she comes from a uh, two-parent household. Her dad's a judge. She's a lawyer, very successful, you know, well-spoken, um, beautiful, and um, made it very far on Nick Vial's season. And so finally, I was kind of like, wow, if anyone is going to be um, chosen by the producers as like, this is our ultimate black unicorn that we've been waiting for, you know, never forget all the other black contestants who would have been great. But um, I I did have a feeling that it was going to be Rachel. And I was very happy for that. Um, And yeah, it was a great way for me and Justine to kind of bond and watch her season together. Um, and that kind of kickstarted us into, um, at least it kind of kickstarted me into listening more to like Bachelor podcasts and, you know, discovering the world of, you know, the huge world of Bachelor Nation podcasts and recap podcasts and um, kind of feeling like there was a void there. You know, there weren't any other, any other voices of color um, talking about Rachel's season and in a nuanced way. And so that's kind of what really motivated Justine and I to want to kind of inject our voices into this into this space. Um, and just, Justine, <laughs> Justine, your thoughts on Rachel's season when you, I mean, being the first season that you watched happened to be Rachel's. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you had a lot of questions like, what is this? Why, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, what is going on here? I don't, you know, uh, there was clearly yeah. many seasons, but before that, and just watching Rachel's season, what were your initial thoughts of this franchise? Yeah, so I had watched dating shows previously to that. Like, I had obviously watched Flavor of Love, one of the most iconic of all time. <laughs> obviously watched almost every one of I Love New York, including her mom's dating show. So <laughs> I had really gone to, like, the bottom, like, the real gritty <laughs> dating shows on VH1. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the Jersey Shore ones. Like, I had watched all those. So t- Tiffany uh, uh, Pollard? Her? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, Tiffany Pollard. Let's call her by her. Yes, her government, Tiffany Pollard. Yeah. Um, so I had already had like experience with like a dating competition show type thing. Um, but this show being so long and also so popular um, and like the hype behind it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I get like why it's this popular, but by the end, it was literally the Super Bowl. Like, me and Natasha had a full <laughs> night. We, like, ordered special food. It was <laughs> so incredibly addicting. So I kind of got got the hype by the end. By the way, mm-hmm. were you into or had heard the spoilers at that point on Rachel's season? Were you following along or no? No. Okay. No. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't know that I had initially put out that she was engaged to Peter and then a couple of weeks into the season I had changed it to, to Brian. So you guys, you guys went through that not knowing who she had chosen. Yep. Right. Totally blind. Okay. Were, who were you thinking? Just out of curiosity. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter. Really? Yeah. Just the way it was, the storyline was crafted, the narrative. I mean, we got to know Peter way more than we got to know Brian. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like they were setting us up for one of two things. Either she's landing with Peter or it's going to be an epic heartbreak with Peter. Um, and so we got the <laughs> the epic heartbreak, but kind of did a disservice to her relationship with Brian because then we didn't really get to know Brian, really. Mm-hmm. Season, yeah. So. And I know you guys have interviewed Rachel, and Rachel has said that mm-hmm. in pretty much every interview mm-hmm. she's done about Mm-hmm. her particular season is that she feels cheated that mm-hmm. people concentrated so much on Peter that mm-hmm. um, her relationship got with Brian got thrown under the rug. Nobody understands it still to this day. Mm-hmm. People think she should be with Peter, all this stuff. Um, <laughs> oh my God. That's gotta, crazy. Yeah. Gotta be a little infuriating for her and I get it. And she's obviously one of the more yeah. outspoken people, but I'm glad that mm-hmm. she actually does speak out uh, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll ask you this to Natasha because Justine didn't pick up until Rachel's season. But so Natasha, before mm-hmm. Rachel's season, did you have yep. a favorite one, or even since then, what what has been your favorite season of this show? Um, Rachel Lindsay by far is my favorite. Yeah. Um, I really liked Andy, so Andy Dorfman. Um, oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say Andy Baldwin. I was like, Andy Baldwin? Really? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Bachelorette. Yeah, um, Bachelorette, okay. I really liked Andy. Um, I don't know, it's kind of problematic now in my head, but I liked her season. 
Um, Caitlin Bristow season also really liked mm-hmm. um, Nick Vial and his messiness yeah. <laughs> joining in <laughs> and that whole mess. Um, so I think those two, which weren't that far behind Rachel, I think I love JoJo season. I know it's like a very like everyone loves her season, big you know f- fan favorite among Bachelorette, but that season didn't really catch for me. So yeah, I'd say Caitlin or Andy before Rachel. Okay, gotcha. Um, Justine, I was going to ask you about. You know yeah. Rachel's season and your favorite seasons since Rachel's as well. I'm I'm guessing Rachel's is your favorite season as well. Rachel's definitely my favorite season. Um, but also Hannah B had the best mm. like turnaround mm-hmm. as far as how she looked on The Bachelor versus how she ended up at the very end. Yeah, mm-hmm. like sure. one of the best like in media in reality TV, one of the best turnarounds I've ever seen anybody do. Yeah. Um, so hers was really good. Do you guys have a preference to Bachelor over Bachelorette? I mean, this question gets asked a lot. And for women, mm-hmm. it's like, because I think the only guys that watch this show are boyfriends or uh, boyfriends <laughs> of the women who watch it or husbands of the of the wives who watch it. I don't think any mm-hmm. straight, single, heterosexual male is watching this show. <laughs> um, you're watching it because your girlfriend or wife does. But um, mm-hmm. as a guy... I don't, I mean, I don't take any preference. All I care about is that the, that the show airs because it's my income. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I, I've always looked at it as do women enjoy watching The Bachelor more because they get to critique the women? And we all know, as Chris Rock says, women hate women. And, <laughs> uh, or do women like watching Bachelorette because they like to, you know, ogle over the guys? Which one is it for you guys? Oof. Yeah. I would say I like The Bachelorette more because I like to see men put in those very dramatic situations more than women. I think women get put in those situations all the time. I'm a huge Housewives fan. I see it a lot. You don't really get to see men in those very dramatic, heightened uh, kind of arenas too often, um, Mm -hmm. especially emotionally. Um, So for me, I like the, The Bachelorette a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I love The Bachelor. I think also, like, in defense of The Bachelor, I guess, I like, not wa- not hate watching the women, but I, I like getting to know the women. Um, so, for instance, if we're talking about, like, favorite seasons again, Ari's season, I mean, we thought Ari was a complete dud of a Bachelor, but he had a great cast of women who I think were cast most likely for a Peter <laughs> Bachelor uh, season. Um, but I loved really getting to learn and meet his cast of women, like the, um, you know, Becca M, Cien. Um, I thought he just had some great women on there. So I, I kind of like watching girls because, you know, afterwards, you know, you go look them up on Instagram, you start to follow them. And I do that more with the women than the male contestants, I think. So, <laughs> so I want to switch gears a little bit here in regards to what's happening now. And I'm just curious before I even bring it up, because I don't want to spoil anything. Are you aware of the whole Claire season and what's kind of happening there or what happened there? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Asia coming in. Yeah. okay. So you're aware. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing about Tasha, you know, filling in midway through and being brought mm-hmm. on as the bachelorette, before that, we knew because the announcement came by the show that Matt James was going to be our next bachelor. Uh, first mm-hmm. off, before we get to Matt, let's talk about Tasha for a little bit. Justine, were you a fan of Tasha from Colton's season and then on Bachelor in Paradise and her little fling with John Paul Jones? Are you neutral mm-hmm. on Tasha or are you like, yeah, I'm interested to see her? Yeah, I love Tasia. Um, I think she looks like a Disney princess. She is gorgeous. She's smart. She has a great family. Um, really excited. Really excited for, for her to take over. Mm-hmm. I think we all, I mean, I think a lot, most people are fans of Tasia. Yeah. Like anyone yeah. didn't like her. So it was odd that she was passed up essentially twice as the bachelor, uh, mm-hmm. the bachelorette. Yeah. Um, for Hannah B and then uh, what else? I guess Claire season. Well, now, um, 
But yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Tasia? She's, I think also what's interesting, her story, she's been married before. Um, that kind of brings some dynamic, you know, this to her, to her background and who she is. And I think she has a lot going for her. And, you know, it's a shame that she, um, I mean, happy that she's a bachelorette now, but mm-hmm. it's kind of the workaround of how we got here. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we know that Matt season starts filming soon, uh, for the bachelor and mm-hmm. he is, he was announced, God, I'm trying to remember when the announcement was, I guess it was. It was before, yeah. It was before Claire's yeah. season started or started filming, right? So this is yeah. end of June, yeah, beginning of June. July. Yeah, June, mm-hmm. July, when a lot was, um, and this is, brings me to my next point. A lot obviously was going on in the country in June, and some people thought that naming Matt this early was in response to what was going on. Um, to mm-hmm. me, I don't really think uh, if if that's what it took to get our first Black Bachelor. Hey, I'm all I'm all for it. Like I don't care if it's. If it took something like that, mm-hmm. the the bottom line is we should have had one sooner. Um, mm-hmm. Were you bothered by the announcement of Matt because it seemingly is in response to what was going on in the country? Or again, do you do you not care? You're just happy that there is a black match. Or why don't you start first, Justine? Um, I was pissed. I was pissed. <laughs> um, I think that they already had a pretty revolutionary season having a 39 year old bachelorette who has, I think this will be her fifth time on the show. Um, they were very obviously riding on the coattails of what um, white media at that time considered a trend. Um, everybody now is looking back at these black boxes that people posted and they're like, okay, well you haven't said anything in two months, so you didn't mean it. Um, and I would include the Bachelor franchise in that. Um, I thought it was whack. I thought the timing was whack. Um, they didn't really, they could have just said, like, we're going to have more black people in the room. You know, if we had gotten to know Matt James a little bit more, honestly, if you don't follow Tyler on Instagram, you have no idea who that is. Yeah. Um, so that's very frustrating as well. Like we cover the show, so we know who that is, but Mm -hmm. for most of the other bachelor fans, they might not know who it is. So it's even more of like a very obvious throw in as a trend. Um, and just to treat the movement like that, I thought was very careless. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I had very conflicting thoughts, (laughs) um, you know, initially seeing the announcement excited like here finally we you know we get a black man as the bachelor and for me you know the initial excitement was just around how big of a deal this is um you know the bachelor is a is a huge show it's a you know teeny bopper kind of light-hearted uh you know guilty pleasure reality show but it's a big show that's been on a primetime network for damn near 20 years um and so and to have gotten away for that long um, without, you know, meaningful representation of people of color in the lead, um, you know, it's pretty appalling. So for, you know, in a, a media world where, you know, black men are often characterized as violent or aggressive or criminals, um, you know, to have a major network show finally after 20 years of devoiding people of a chance to see black men in another way, you know, step up and say, you know, here's your black bachelor. You know, I was initially excited, finally. But yeah, when you look at how the whole thing played out, the conveniency of the the announcement, the, you know, putting out that Instagram post of like, here's Matt James, our new bachelor, but not, you know, engaging in any meaningful conversation around, you know, how the franchise has treated black and people of color uh, contestants in its 20 year history, how they're going to, you know, not just cast a black man, but what are they going to do behind the scenes in terms of casting producers, um, people in leadership positions um, to, you know, really give a comprehensive support of diversifying the show, you know, not getting that along with the announcement is what made it really um, disappointing. I mean, not really surprising, but um, yeah, kind of disappointing and um, whack. That's <laughs> just the mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the other thing that's getting lost a lot in the whole Matt James announcement is the way they announced him was very quick. 
unlike mm-hmm. it, it was unlike any other bachelor announcement we ever had where there's just this big mm-hmm. reveal we got i think we got a tweet the night before saying tune into gma tomorrow and mm-hmm. it was it was thrown together so suddenly it happens before claire season started started even filming mm-hmm. so it was just look mm-hmm. i think if if they, i think if there's no covid and Claire's season starts filming in March like it should have, and Matt is on her mm-hmm. season, there's probably a good chance he was going to be The Bachelor anyway. Um, exactly. I think, yeah, a lot, I think a lot of people yeah. thought that, because when Claire's first cast first cast was released back in March, he mm-hmm. was he was one of the guys that a lot of people were drooling over. Him, exactly. Uh, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I, and the other thing is, I, I, I do think the Tyler Cameron thing is... Um, is almost overshadowing him because if this guy mm-hmm. wasn't BFFs with the most popular male followed contestant on Instagram in the history of the show, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how popular Matt would be as a bachelor. Um, mm-hmm. I think his friendship mm-hmm. with Tyler is playing uh, a huge role and I ex- fully expect Tyler yeah. to show up on Matt's season at some point because mm-hmm. yep. they yep. have to, it's like peanut butter and jelly. Those two. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm, yeah. it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, you know, I, did you guys ever have Jazzy Collins on your show? No, I listened no. to that episode of yours though. Okay. So oh, I, I think it was Jazzy that said it cause we were talking about, well, who's in the, who in the past could have even possibly been our first black bachelor. And there were really only three guys I think that came to mind. Mike Johnson, who finished fifth. Eric Bigger, mm-hmm. who finished third, and mm-hmm. I think there was another one in there that I'm that I'm forgetting. But I think ja- mm-hmm. I think it would it was Jazzy. I could be wrong, so I apologize if I am. But mm-hmm. a former guest did allude to the fact that look, we got Matt James. We're happy, but Matt fits a mold of again what this audience would expect from the Bachelor mm-hmm. franchise. You know, he's got a white mother Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. hearing that he's only pretty much dated white women his whole life. Like Mm -hmm. there's still that aspect of it. Does that bother? Does that bother you at all going in? Yeah, because the the producers know what they're doing. I think one thing that really stood out um, for me about the announcement that just made it seem so, again, just like convenient and calculated was his Good Morning America um, interview where, you know, he comes on air, they introduce Matt James, and then almost immediately they talk about his mom and they intercut pictures of him with his mother. Um, His mother's white and Matt James, he's, you know, obviously biracial. um, But I would say, you know, just looking at Matt James, had he not said his biracial, he looks like just a black man. But just the the calculatedness of inserting those pictures of his mother, like mm-hmm. within the first three seconds of them announcing and introducing Matt James to Good Morning America, um, you can see you can see through it. They're trying to um, they're trying to you know rally to their base, Middle America white women who you know they haven't given them a black bachelor, um, most likely out of fear of losing them as you know, viewers. And so if they're going to give us, you know, give them a black bachelor, you know, we got to make sure he's digestible and make sure that he'll be accepted. And, you know, his, his, um, how adjacent he is to whiteness and having a white woman, you know, that's an important element for them to, to highlight. And, you know, we saw them do it so clearly on good morning America. Yeah. And I, I just, there's something about it that, you know, I think Jazzy referred to it like when we were talking about Eric Bigger. She's like, I would love if Eric could have been The Bachelor. She goes, but they would never cast mm-hmm. someone like him as yeah. the main lead because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I you know, look, I'm going to watch Matt's season. I hope things go well for him. But yeah. just the way everything came about, the announcement of everything, mm-hmm. is, like you, like you said, thrown mm-hmm. out there immediately. Hey, everybody's got a white mom. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're still catering to you guys too. Don't forget. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's the same too. Like Mike Johnson. We love Mike Johnson. Great yep. smile in America. Most of America loves him. Um, but same thing. He represents kind of a version of a black man that might still be like intimidating or too black, quote unquote, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. for, you know, black America or for white America. Um, there was a moment on Becca's season, not Becca, Hannah B season that Justine and I loved, but uh, when 
when Mike was in an interview wearing a do-rag. Mm-hmm. Loved it. <laughs> White America, to them, that might look, you know, a little scarier, a little fearful, yeah. a little, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's definitely versions of Black men that are okay, and the, you know, the producers know that, and they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And obviously social media plays a big role. We talked about, you know, Matt is popular because ever since Tyler became a name in this franchise, everyone started saying, hey, who's his who's his hot friend, this this Matt mm-hmm. guy? Um, mm-hmm. You've seen the show change, Natasha, because you've watched it for a very long time. You've seen, obviously, now the contestants that go on the show are very well aware of what the ulterior motives are. Um, I don't think anybody goes on this show with mm-hmm. love as the number one option. It's more of, I get to travel. I get to meet a bunch of new people. I'm going to increase my mm-hmm. Instagram following. Uh, mm-hmm. I get a two month break. It'll be a, you know, it'll be a great experience to tell my kids sometime. And Oh yeah. You know, by the way, if I do meet my, the love of my life, you know, it's a bonus, but that's very <laughs> right. far down on the list. Um, <laughs> You, I'm sure you follow a lot of the contestants post-show. Is it something that, again, has bothered you in the way they cast this show now or the type of people they cast on this show? Or are you just like, look, this is just, this is what it is now? Yeah. I mean, it really, so on our podcast, we just um, recently recapped Jason Mesnick's season um, on yeah. Netflix, which is kind of a throwback from 2009. Yeah. Um, and it felt like we were watching a completely different show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the women there were truly there for Jason. You can tell they didn't really have many ulterior motives because at that time, The Bachelor didn't really equal any, you know, many other opportunities afterwards. Now you can go on, you can gain hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. You can, you know, go on Dancing with the Stars. So much comes from it. So, I think just watching the evolution, it really, ultimately, it really shows you just the power of Instagram, mm-hmm. how that's the influence of Instagram. That's the biggest draw, I would think, for a lot of the contestants, the young contestants that go on the show, um, is to gain that Instagram following and that, you know, sponsors and money. Um, and if you take that out of the equation, you know, you have, you know, girls like Met- on Jason Mystic season are there for love. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just like is what it is. It's not even just The Bachelor. It's, you know, many other reality shows you see. People are going on because of the clout and the the things you can get from it afterwards. Um, but, yeah, it definitely does kind of take away from the integrity of the show. Um, you know, we're all there watching it because we want to see people fall in love. But then it's kind of riddled now. You know, the cast is riddled with characters who are like literally characters, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. to make a name for themselves. So, yeah. And you got Justine? Yeah, it is annoying, I'd say, um, just because the show really likes to follow a recipe. Um, and so they'll have back-to-back people on there who may even know each other, like the Hannahs, right? Hannah Ann and Hannah G. Yeah. To me, interchangeable, right? Yeah. They're the same. <laughs> and the fact that we had them back-to-back like that and with such intense storylines, and then they're both going to the Revolve trip. And they're both getting the exact same opportunities um, is pretty, pretty bothersome to me just because we're seeing the same love story over and over again. And it's exactly what um, Natasha and I and our audience, and I'm sure some of your audience too, Reality Steve, uh, are wanting to see something different. Um, and they just love a recipe so much that they'll just follow it. And they'll just be like, oh, Hannah Ann, you have a friend who looks exactly like you? Perfect. We'll cast her. <laughs> so. Yeah. And we know in the Bachelor world, at least the last two seasons, you know, you mentioned Hannah Ann, but the, the pageant mm-hmm. girl storyline has become a huge thing. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we saw it with uh, on Colton's season with Hannah Brown and Kaylin not liking each other. Yep. Last season, we get Victoria Paul and Alea, uh, who have a background mm-hmm. uh, in the pageant world. Um, Mm -hmm. I already know one of the women on Matt's season is from the pageant world. I don't know if they're going to cast, I don't know if they're going to cast her adversary or what. Um, (laughs) I got to believe that she's not going to be the only pageant girl on Matt's season, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's like you said, there is a formula. Um, they're also in season 41 and been on the air, uh, on the air for 18 years. So they're doing something right. Mm -hmm. Apparently, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're all watching and we're all talking about it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy. Um, 
obviously I know you guys are, are huge reality TV watchers, but mm-hmm. Justine, are, are there any other shows? I mean, what are your bit, what are your big shows right now in the reality world that you are a fan of? Are you watching love Island by chance? <laughs> oh my God. We are both oh, yeah. obsessed <laughs> with love Island. Okay, good. That, yep. That's who I was just going to say is actually doing it right. They have some really diverse casting going on. And honestly, if they can do it live and during COVID and keep these people separated, like there's no excuse for The Bachelor to do it. But yeah, Love Island is incredible. I love that it comes on every single day. Yeah. I love that there's a black girl on their name, Justine, who's yeah, in how love. About that? How about might that? Win. Like, it's incredible. Might win. I, I mean, I'd be shocked if Caleb and Justine aren't voted the winners. I know, aren't, aren't winning. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's one that that's obviously one that you guys are watching. Uh, but yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're about as diverse as you can get. I think on the initial, let's yeah. see, one, two, three, four, five, there were, there were, there were six guys and five girls to start the show and looking at it. Uh, let's see, Jeremiah, Trey and Johnny were black. Uh, Sally mm-hmm. was a person of color. Uh, Justine, mm-hmm. obviously. So yeah, they had half that cast was yep. non-white and, your top two right. couples on that show are yes. pro- are probably Johnny and Sally and um, mm-hmm. and Caleb and, and Justine. So yep. uh, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting. I mean, I certainly think if Caleb and Justine end up being picked as the winners, whoever draws the hundred thousand dollar check is going to split it with the other. I'm I'm assuming, oh, yeah. assuming they mm-hmm. keep the same ending. Johnny and Sally might be a little bit different because I think if Johnny pulls the check, he ain't, he ain't yeah, with it. he's going to bolt in a heart, in a heartbeat. Um, oh no! Uh, I mean, I, I you know I, I say that, and I only say that because I don't know if you heard. I had Trey on the podcast last week. Oh, okay. And oh, yeah. Trey's, I, and this is the first I've heard it because I haven't. I've watched every episode of Love Island, but I haven't been paying attention online. To what mm, the to what right. the heartbeat of it is, or what the pulse of this mm-hmm. show is, yeah. And apparently, yeah. everybody thinks Johnny is a fraud, and basically Trey confirmed it. He said, "Look, he is mm-hmm. he deserves an Oscar for what he's doing because apparently, no. I guess he may, I, I guess he may have been saying privately he strictly went on that show to win." And what? Yeah. So oh, this whole th- this whole thing about um. Asking Sally to be his girlfriend and putting her through yeah. the yeah, apparently that's all an act according to Trey and uh, oh, yeah so yeah. I'm I'm afraid if Johnny and Sally get voted uh, as the America's yeah. couple and he pulls the money uh, it um, there oh, is a God. chance that he keeps it and doesn't share with her because that wasn't his plan but well his well, dad kind of ratted him out yesterday. yeah his dad his dad oh, coming yeah. out on that show didn't didn't seem to do him any favors that made it. <laughs> Because didn't his, didn't his dad specifically say, like, yeah, I would have done the same thing, son? I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, his dad was like, you didn't stick with the plan, but that's cool. <laughs> what? Oh, like, what's the plan? And I think, and I think that might have been a little bit of exposure there because that's essentially yeah. what Trey said. Like, he had a plan yep. going in where I'm just going to do what I have to do to win. And yep. now maybe, I mean, Trey doesn't seem to think so, but maybe – you can easily say that in the beginning, but as you've spent five then six weeks with Selly every single day, sleeping mm-hmm. in the same bed with her, maybe he's had a coming of, uh, maybe he's had a, a, a sign sent to him that like, look, you actually really do like this girl, but there's apparently yeah. some stuff going on off air with numerous women coming forward saying, Johnny, before he went on the show, told me he loved me, so I don't buy any of this that he's saying. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's why I think, like, Caleb and Justine seem to be, I mean, neither one of them you would have any doubt it would split the money with the other. There's no way. Oh, yeah. For sure. But, yeah. uh, But it's, it certainly is an entertaining show. I'll I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And it, and I think it's interesting how quickly. I mean, just like Big Brother, they turn it around. I think what we're watching is only yeah. two or three days earlier. You know, it's not. Yes. It's, it's a, yeah. It's a great turnaround. Um. But I didn't. I. I, I don't know. I watched last season. I, w- I was done after about a week and a half. But this season, I've been able to. It's been interesting. I've been able to keep. Mm-hmm holding my interest i'm like you know yeah. the, the location being in the same place doesn't really it didn't really matter to me that they didn't 
they weren't out in Fiji somewhere. Um, yeah. No. Just yeah. like, I mean, just just ask your opinion on this. Are you, I mean, you're still going to watch Claire slash Tasha's season. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Natasha, first go to you, do you think it'll bother you very much that there's no travel and it's in the same spot? You know, I mean, I'm so curious what this season is going to look like. Um I mean, because they're so limited, I feel like they have no choice but to get super creative and are going to put together something great. Honestly, the traveling, it is nice to get them out the house and kind of see some other locations. But sometimes the travel, like the product placement promotion of the places (laughs) that go gets so corny that I would rather they not. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing like what they're going to do. Like, what are the limo entrances going to look like? Are they doing hometown dates? Like, are they going to just move people around the resort and different resorts have different looks to it? Like, I don't. (laughs) Kind of, I am kind of intrigued to like see a season without traveling and like what they're gonna whip together at this place. Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, you mean to tell me that you don't think people saying that they could fall in love in Cleveland, Ohio, gets old after a while? <laughs> no, <laughs> the city of love, yeah. in Ohio, Lexington, Virginia, or something. Yeah, and then there's Virginia's for lovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny because they say it. No matter what location they do, I mean, and we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where the, where they're filming Matt's season was one of the episodes where they filmed JoJo's season, you know, in in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. at Nemecolon, and mm-hmm. you know, it's every city they go to, it's the same thing. This place, <laughs> you know, blank. Mm-hmm. I can so see myself falling in love here. This is a place to yeah. fall in love. It's just like really, mm-hmm. you're going to compare Cleveland to the Maldives? I mean, come on, let's <laughs> <laughs> come on, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it. It'll be interesting. I don't I don't think I think once you're into it and you're you know starting to see the guys and see their personalities and who you who you like and who you think is a dick. Mm-hmm. Um I think that mm-hmm. I think the background of where they're at and where they film at will become a non-factor for I think most people. I don't think they're going to be like, "Oh, why can't we see them travel this season?" you know? I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I think people are more I into agree. the drama anyway, you know? And the Bachelor is like the only dating show at least I can think of where they do travel every other show. I mean, Love Island, they're in one spot. Yeah. Uh, most shows, they're just in one spot. So it, I don't think we're going to miss much. I know you guys are into Love is Blind. I never watched that one. You guys both do that mm-hmm. and, you, and watch that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yep. have that one. Yep. And that's, cl- and that's clearly in one location, right? Mm. Or Yeah, but they go to their houses and stuff. So they go like all the people live in one apartment complex, but they kind of hop around. Then they have a honeymoon situation as well. So mm-hmm. they hop around a little bit. Okay. So they're, bit. they're, they're a little bit, and we have an, and we have a second season of that coming up. I think somewhat mm-hmm. shortly. I'm not, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I just never got into that one. I know everyone says to watch it there. Yeah. There's the, the, this, what about the circle? Is that dating or no? That's just a game show more like. More or less. Yeah, I didn't get into that one. That one's just a game show, though. Okay, so um, it's not a dating one. I, I do love Married at First Sight. I don't know if you're watching that. I've se- I've only seen three quarters of one season, and I think it was season oh, six. So, and I, I just I'm just so far behind on it. And I know there's a ton of seasons. And yeah, I know people love it. Yeah. Um, what about Married at First Sight? What about that one? Um. This season, it's in New Orleans. They also did a little quarantine. Co- like they, they film at the end um, during quarantine. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that. Um, but I, I love Married at First Sight because, I mean, at this point, the producers are, I mean, half the couples are like well-matched and actually have a chance. And the other half are just straight, you know, in shambles. You can tell they're so incompatible <laughs> and they're doing it just for the show at this point. I feel so sorry for some of the women. Um there's one woman in particular, can't think of her name, but she's with a guy who is just clearly not her match. Like, she doesn't want kids. He wants kids. Like, this is clearly a deal breaker. They should have never been matched. And so it's it's, it's a disaster already. But great show. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, ladies, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, tell us or tell the listeners where they can find you guys and everything, anything you need to promote for your particular or your Patreon and everything like that. Sure. So, yeah, we have all, you know, we recapped our Rebecca Colton season, lots of other seasons of 
Paradise all still for free on iTunes, Spotify, all those platforms. Um, but we now recap um, seasons fully on Patreon. So our Patreon is patreon.com slash the number two black girls, the number one rose. Um, and yeah, all of our social media, we're on Instagram, two black girls, one rose, Facebook, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come join us. Yes, I will. Uh, I will link to it. I will link to it uh, in the column to anybody who is interested to go on the Patreon, support them, and uh, and do all that. Yes. Ladies, thank you so much, Justine and uh, Natasha. I really appreciate you coming on. It's. I'm glad I finally got you on. Ashley Spivey was telling me for the longest time you got to get <laughs> Justine and Natasha on. I'm yes. like, yeah, I know I will. And um, I know I know Ashley's been on your show. And yeah, uh, love it. Yeah. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, thank you. This is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much to Justine and Natasha for coming on. Um, It was really fun having them on. I never had them on before. Like I said, Ashley Spivey had turned me on to them and and told me about them, and uh, I listened to a couple of their podcasts as I want to get familiar with them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they they have a business model where they were doing it uh, for free, and then – decided uh, we're putting a lot of effort into this and we want to make some money. And um, uh, they have a Patreon account. Everything is linked on my website. And you can see that on my website today, uh, where to sign up for their Patreon if you want to donate to their podcast. Uh, I know a lot of you probably do listen to their podcast, so uh, there's no problem with helping out and donating uh, to them. So I appreciate them coming on. I appreciate you guys all listening. As always, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. It's certainly... Very much appreciated, and it helps our, our standings in Apple Podcasts. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, next week, early next week, Monday, Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday at the latest, I'll release whatever women I have at that point uh, for Matt James' season because I fully expect ABC will release his women um, like they have the last, gosh, I want to say five, maybe it's five or six seasons now. I'd have to go back and look, but uh, they're doing it. They release the cast two to three days before the first day of filming so they can have basically the public self-report anything that they know about the contestants and any bad stories that they know. And um, and usually three to five of them don't make the, the final cast. So uh, we'll, we'll see uh, come probably Wednesday, Thursday at the latest because I'm hearing it starting filming next Saturday night on August, October 10th. So... I'll release uh, who I have probably Wednesday at the latest uh, and just kind of go from there. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank to Justine and Natasha. That was a lot of fun having them on again, definitely uh, in the future. So for Justine and Natasha, for Two Black Girls, One Rose, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in to podcast number 202, and we will talk to you next week. See you.